Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man! Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Otto Octavius was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus! From now on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Welcome back to another episode of Spectacular Radio. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Darren Norris and Greg Wiseman. Uh, we're back here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Of course, I am Zach Joyner. <clears throat> Webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and the executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. And I am joined by the man of the hour, the host, Mr. Greg Bashansky. Hi, I mean, I- I'm suddenly getting hair in weird places. What is Whoa! this title again? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that you're going through some sort of growing pains? Show me that smile again. I'm sorry. You know, we're going to make fun of Kirk Cameron someday, but not today. I'm not in the mood to do that. So, But no, no, but yes, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again. And and thank you for that announcement. Zach, my co-host, and I want to introduce my other co-host, Mr. Gerard Delatour. Uh, rest in peace, Alan Thick. You're one of my favorite TV dads. <laughs> Al Bundy's my favorite TV dad. Love and marriage, love and marriage. Have you ever heard the Have you ever heard the horrible DVD version of that? Because they didn't have the rights to love and marriage for some of the DVDs. They they re-released the series later. I bought the new set. The theme song is restored, and the episodes are completely uncut. Oh, thank God! Because I remember the original DVDs of like maybe seasons three onward, where it had like some horrible new knockoff version of the theme song and it's notoriously bad it's like zach for for a wrestling fan like you it's like the jimmy hart wcw versions of like whenever they would have popular songs and they just try to do the not lost oh like uh like uh ddp's entrance theme was like exactly like a blatant ripoff of smells like teen spirit exactly they were probably afraid sinatra was going to rise from the grave and beat all of them up with his mob connections <laughs> oh, you mentioned Sinatra. The first thing I thought of Mr. Plinkett. Sinatra, <laughs> you fuck. Hey, hey, you know Sinatra famously punched Mario Puzo in the face in the middle of a restaurant. In fairness, Mario Puzo was a putz. He probably deserved it. <laughs> yeah, the movie was better than your book, dude. <laughs> yeah, the only thing he's famous for is that Francis Ford Coppola did his work better. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, because he tried to be a screenwriter and he wasn't successful at that, and he would never really wrote any other books that were like famous or anything like that. Like, one hit wonder, and even then, it wasn't. It wasn't even his hit. Wasn't he one of the credited screenwriters on Superman the movie? Was he? I think so. Um, they, they didn't end up using any of his work, obviously, because Tom Mankiewicz was like a ghostwriter who didn't get a writing credit. But I think Mario Puzo was one of the credited... Because that was in the time where he was trying to get into right. writing screenplays. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, Superman the movie. And speaking of superhero movies, we were going to bring this up last month, but then Peter's email asking us some very personal questions dragged things onward. And, um... You know, 
I'm not apologizing for that. It needed to be said. So <laughs> yeah, there's something superhero movie related that I think everyone wants to hear us talk about. Yeah, Go every- trailer. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? The Venom trailer. Oh, God. Oh, that looks so bad. I I laughed in the theater when I saw that. Uh, There's a phrase that I'll be using later tonight that uh, is in reference to Kevin Cushing, a friend of the site. Uh, It simply said, I I simply, the first thing I said, the first words that came out of my mouth when I saw the Venom trailer were prison ass. Just saying. Are you using that phrase later on this podcast or later on a different podcast? On a different podcast. Uh, I think I know what you're going to be using it in reference to. Is it? That's a, that's does, does it also involve the Carnage symbiote? No. Oh yeah. Oh well, no. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't. I didn't hate that issue. Okay. I didn't. I didn't either. Okay. I'm going to say this. I cannot believe I'm doing this. But if you want to hear Zach use the term prison ass again, uh, go listen to him on Crawl Space. <laughs> oh, the pain in his voice. That's the best part of it. Oh, God. All right. By, by the way, uh, to, to correct a, a, a falsehood I stated earlier, Mario Puzo didn't just get credited for Superman, he also got credited in Superman 2. Okay. So, both movies, he got a screenplay credit. Holy moly. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. But anyway, we've had a couple of Spidey movies and some. Granted, Homecoming came out before our last re- recording, and I don't mean the one that premiered last time. The last when we finished off the Master Planner saga, it's just that Gerard hadn't seen it until he moved down to Texas and lived with Zach, and Zach made him watch it. <laughs> oh, you want my reaction to this? Uh oh. Okay. I don't know if you want this, this Bashansky. All right, go ahead. Let's make, like... let's, let's make it a discussion. I mean, we're all going to have our different opinions on this one, so um, go right ahead. Gerard, you know what? Everyone knows you're going to have the negative opinion, you start. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like this movie. Um, and I got to be honest, I don't like the MCU version of Spider-Man. I, all right, hold on. So, don't throw your vegetables yet. Because there, there are a couple of reasons for this. Number one, I think he's too closely tied to Iron Man. I would have liked to see him get his own time to shine. Cause oh, it, it, how, I, how ironic that you say that. Oh, I know. You know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Because, you know, certain certain people who may or may not be fruit men tend to agree with what I'm saying here. Although he would never admit such. Uh, but I liked, um, I liked aspects of the movie. But in general, I thought... It was too Iron Man-y, and I didn't like that. What's a good way to put this? After I'm used to a more mature Spider-Man, and seeing him as not only a kid, but as a kid who's kind of he kind of sucks. I mean, like Spider-Man doesn't accomplish a lot in these movies on his own. He has a tendency to be overshadowed by other characters, and I really hate that. I hate when Spider-Man is a chump. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't even defeat the Vulture at the end of the movie. Vulture defeated himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, Spider-Man accomplishes nothing, and I hate when he's like that. The amazing movies are full of that, too, but those were movies were full of a lot of things. That's why they're terrible. And Homecoming is definitely better than those. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying Homecoming is, like, a terrible movie or anything like that. I just, I didn't enjoy it when I watched it. 
there is a difference there. So I'm glad you. So I'm so I'm glad you you acknowledge that. So I'm. No, no, no. It, it, it's a it's a well made movie that I just dislike. Fair enough. That's that is perfectly fair. I mean, I think I'll go next and talk about what I think. There are thing. I, there's a lot of things I like about the movie. I like Tom Holland a lot. I think he's a good actor. I think he. Um. I mean, we're gonna tie this in with other things. He improv that entire scene, his last scene at the end of Infinity War. That was not scripted. He just did that, and it got to Robert Downey Jr. too. That scene really worked. I didn't realize he improv it. No, he did. Yeah, that recently came out. He improv that. That wasn't scripted. So. And then they kept it in, and it obviously, like I said, it moved RDJ. And while my person, this is a movie where I finally had to accept that I'm never going to get the Spider-Man movie that I truly want. And I sort of understand how it happened that way. I think if they had had the license for, if they had had the rights to Spidey from the get-go, it wouldn't, he wouldn't have been tied so intrinsically to Iron Man. But be, but there's some real-world aspects. This is a Peter who was. Uh, Obviously a kid, and the Avengers have been around for almost a, de- a decade by that point, so he grew up with Tony Stark as his hero, whereas in the comics, Spidey debuts before every other superhero except the FF. So I, I, I sort of get it. I mean, I kind of wish that he would he would be more solo also. I mean, there's, I mean, from a logistical standpoint, the way they set up the MCU, I get why they did that. I mean, some things didn't bother me as much as I thought they would, like... Yeah, I mean, I'm always up for hearing Jennifer Connelly's voice. I kind of wish a suit didn't talk, though, but it didn't annoy me as much as I feared oh. that it would. Oh, Greg, you know I love me some Jennifer Connelly, so I got. Oh I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll echo you on that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um the hot spot. Look, look, look that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't even get that dirty about it. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the the Rocketeer, and Zach actually may have discovered when I moved here and saw I have Rocketeer action figures and That's hardcovers. That's a very and... underrated movie. Yes, I love that movie. I'm just waiting for the Rocketeer to be in the uh, um in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I pitched a long time ago. I said he, I would have loved... He, he, he could be a Howling Commando. Dude, I said I would have loved to see a Rocketeer Captain America like, comic, and that actually makes sense, like, timeline-wise and stuff. Like, somebody can do it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, back to my thoughts on Homecoming. Most of that stuff are mere quibbles. They go against my personal preferences. I only have... My big problem with the movie is... It's the Zendaya character, and I don't think she does it badly. I think she played in... This is just another character be Michelle. I thought she was an amusing character. She had some good lines. It was when they tried to do the whole Robin thing from The Dark Knight Rises at the end with her being MJ. I'm thinking, look, either make her marry Jane or don't make her marry Jane. Why did you do that? What is that supposed to mean? Right. That... I think that... I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but honestly, in the grand scheme of things, I think that ended up not being that big of a deal. We'll see in the next movie, I think, what, whether or not that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, because overall, before that, I thought she was an amusing character. I thought she had some good lines. The character, played, the actress played her well. I mean, um, I, I really love Michael Keaton's performance in This is the Vulture, but I love Michael Keaton in just about everything he does. Yeah. Michael Keaton is one of those all-time fantastic actors, and my favorite scene in the entire movie is just, it's the scene in the car. Yes. That's, I mean, where you see these two really great actors at work here. I mean, 
and this is and this is before this gets out of the card. We're saying so much without saying anything at all, and I just love watching Tombs put two and two together. And I also kind of like the blue collar villain. I also like how understated the entire conflict here is because it's nice to have a movie where, for a change of pace, the city and the world and the universe is not in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, but then it just has to devolve into the end of movie thing where suddenly he has to give a big villain speech and they fight at the end. I just wish the movie had gone in a different direction than that because I felt like the car, the scene in the car was leading to something that would have been unique and interesting and it just ended up not doing that at all. It just became very pat at the end, and I didn't like that. Yeah. But, um, the ironic thing is, and this doesn't sound weird, I think Tom Holland might be my favorite actor to portray Spidey, even though I think the Tobey Maguire movies are 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 better, which is kind of weird. I, I kind of feel like I see where they're going with Spidey. If he sticks with the role long enough and we're watching him grow up, and I, and I get it, I'm used to more mature Spidey also, I don't mind of him starting out young and immature and experienced and slowly growing. I get it. Spider-Man is also a, um, especially in the early days, is a coming-of-age story. I mean, because I, I think they were caught between a rock and a hard place for how to introduce the character into the MCU. Because if he, if he was already mature, you'd have to an experience. You'd have to wonder where he's been. I know uh, Movie Bob had an idea on how to handle this, which was um, kind of terrible, but... <laughs> Oh, was it was it the broad strokes pretend that the Raimi movies happened? Yeah, and then kill off Toby and bring in Miles Morales and Yeah, that would be with, bad. With a bunch of mutated spiders terrorizing the city created by Miles Warren and the Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. Movie Bob, not so good at this at, at coming up with his own ideas. Although I tend to agree with a lot of what he has to say about uh uh, was it the the Batman v Superman? All oh, that three part ninety minutes each, where he went longer than Plinkett ever did on the prequels about Beavis. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, boy. That, that was brilliant. That was fucking brilliant. But um, yeah, it was. But I mean, overall, I mean, Homecoming. I I like it. I have quibbles with it. Some issues with it. But um, is is it the worst MCU movie? No, I still give that the Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> Or the Incredible Hulk. Or the One Incredible the Hulk. Or the Those Incredible two are at the bottom. Yeah, but um, I think there's potential for where it could go. I hope we see the Spidey mature into the guy he's going to be. I mean, I, there's some people out there, and and I'm not including you, Gerard, in this also. I've seen this elsewhere. They want Spidey to come in, introduce, like, Athena, basically fully formed. I mean, these characters have to go under arcs. I mean, I, yeah. I sort of get... I do, I sort of get, most, also at the same time, I'm over it because I don't want to see Krypton blow up anymore. I don't want to see the Waynes get shot anymore. But again, it's sort of like, how do you introduce Spidey into this already pre-established universe? I think if they had had the rights to him from day one, it would be different. Of course, I think the MCU would have been very different if they had the X-Men and, and Spider-Man yeah. from day one. Uh, honestly, it's probably better that they didn't. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, another, oh, by the way, one thing, this is not Homecoming's fault, um, in retrospect, I wish he hadn't been in Civil War, because I feel like, I feel like that introduces some weird holes in, in Homecoming, where he almost seems to take backward steps my, as a character between yeah. movies. Yeah, my other big issue with the movie is, um, I don't mind him having a friend, but I don't think they need, Brad Jones said this said this, I'm going to quote him, they did not need a comic relief character in a movie that was already funny. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't mind him having a friend. I mean, I think they should have downplayed those comedy aspects. I, I didn't mind the change to Flash Thompson overall. I mean, I would have preferred to Flash and I know, but he was still, I mean, I understand things have changed differently. This is a Spider-Man for a new generation, and, the, and it isn't really jocks versus nerds like it used to be. Right. Although I really did hate that version of Flash. I didn't like him. I didn't... Um, Honestly, the best version of Flash Thompson to be in a movie was actually the one from Amazing One. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, I mean, I did not like that movie, but Flash was actually the best part of that movie, the more that I think about it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I like the, the original, the, the Raimi Flash Thompson fine. Like, you know, he was, he's a goon. But... Uh, but if you want to flash, it's more than a goon. I think that um, I think that Amazing One is the only one movie to actually try to do it. Then they well, never yeah, use the character well, again. Yeah. But right, like, they kind of hinted at that with in, in parts of three. Mm-hmm. You see him around the like around Gwen Stacy's or not Gwen Stacy. You see him around the uh, the end of three, I think, right? Yeah. Or am I reading that wrong? Ah, whatever. Yeah. I guess the actor was wandering around the, near the set that day and said, "Hey, we're swimming <laughs> three. You want to come?" <laughs> yeah, we're, not, we're, we're, not, we're not paying you but the craft services table is over there yeah we're, we're talking way too much about this movie might as well like wait you want to throw in a little mini review of infinity war over here while we're at it yeah i loved infinity war i thought it was great yeah yeah for sure it was really it was really great and um ah uh, i don't know if i, I don't know if it's the i don't think it's the best MCU movie by any stretch, but it's pretty great. I'm just amazed that they were able to take ten years of build up and actually pay it off in a way that was satisfying. Because when yeah, go on. When you do things like that, it almost always ends up being a letdown. Not even, excuse me, not even because of bad execution, but just because you can't live up to the expectations that you've constructed. But they managed to do it. But and I think the main thing that they did was they held back almost all of Thanos' characterization for this movie. And that's what makes it for me. Yeah, I had two big fears going into this. I the number one fear was, I did not. How are they going to juggle all these characters? How are they going to do it? Do it, and shockingly, they did it, and they did it well. And I was really pleased with that. Number two, I was afraid for Thanos. Not afraid of Thanos. Granted, I was when I actually sat down and watched the movie, but um, because yeah. the the MCU has not had the best track record for villains. They've gotten better in the, in the last. 12 months because I think they've heard the criticisms and stepped up their game as far as villains go. I mean, in the last year we've had, we had Ego, he was a step up. We had Vulture, he was a step up. We had Hela, she was a step up. We had Killmonger and Killmonger was fucking fantastic. Yeah. He's the best part of that movie. Yeah. And now we've had, we've had Thanos and Thanos was kind of underwhelming in the, in the, the Guardians of the Galaxy glimpse that we got of him. There was probably like, oh my god, they're all building this. Are they going to be able to pull it off? And you know what? Josh Brolin, fantastic actor. I look forward to seeing him play Cable this summer, too, and I fucking hate Cable. <laughs> yeah. But I love Josh Brolin, so we'll see what happens. I thought I, I thought it was fantastic. They juggled every, every, Everyone had something to do. Do and I'll I'll disagree with it there. I think two characters did get kind of short shifted a little bit. I think Captain America and Bruce Banner kind of got kind of got a pooped. Well, and Hawkeye by being by not being in the movie, but they'll be in the next one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I was surprised by how little Captain like he had a lot to do in terms of like plot, but I, I felt like he didn't have much of a presence in the movie. 
Yeah, although which, the, the which audience... is too bad because he's which is too bad because he's my favorite character of, uh, in the in the MCU. He's definitely one of mine too. But the audience, including me, cheered when Cap first showed up in Scotland, and they cheered again when Thor showed up with his new uh, axe and, and took down all of Thanos's guys. Oh, the the Thor showing up was the biggest cheer of the of the night, if I remember right. I don't know where Zach went. He seems to have taken a nap or something. Well, <laughs> and, there, and there were a few guests too. I'm not gonna lie when. I never gasp at the movies when, when uh, let's just say when something happened near the end and I, I actually gasped and I, hard, and, I, and I do not recall ever gasping at a movie before this actually happened, which was a, which I think is a testament to how long I've been with these characters, how much I care about these characters and this universe. And it, it was shocking for a movie like this that you expect to almost fall into a formula. There were genuinely surprises here. Yes, and I haven't been surprised like that by by a superhero movie in a while. Uh, there, there was one particular cameo that I, I thought was. <laughs> oh, I know I, the one you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, people in the theater were like, "Oh, you know," yep. uh, including me. Um, you know, the 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 experience was great because we uh, uh, we got to. You know, we got to kind of sit down, and we had reserved seating, so we had our, and we got kind of in the middle. And it was a pretty packed house, mm-hmm. um, although nobody wanted to sit in the very front, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, used to, I used to call those the neckbreaker seats. Yeah, I used, to, I got there ninety minutes ahead of time, so I was able to get the best seats in the house. See, so like, like the the seats that we, because see, we have a, uh, we have two theaters here. We're about to get a third. Um, well, yeah, we have one theater in in the town that we actually live. Living, but I don't think I've taken Gerard to that one yet. But um, they, uh, but the theater that we, the two theaters we have, one has the what they call recliner seats, and so they're like watching in your easy chair at home, which is great. Well, that theater was sold out, so we couldn't we couldn't get tickets for them. So we got these other tickets, and they're oh they're okay seats, but they're not nearly as good. Now. I don't mind sitting in the front with the recliner seats because they they almost completely recline back, so you're not, you know, doing the whole crunch neck thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, um, but no, I, I I felt like the movie was really well done. I wasn't like wasn't surprised by the opening, um, as some seem to be, because uh, I felt like, oh yeah, that's that's that makes sense. There were people uh, crying behind. Behind my brother and I in the theater. I'm not kidding. I we had a, like a six year old kid, and I felt bad for him. No, we no we had adults crying behind us. Uh, <laughs> but this little kid. I mean, he was annoying. He was annoying Gerard. I thought Gerard was gonna like turn around and be like, shut shut your damn kid up. Well, that's because I hate children. But as you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, oh my god, he was so painfully. Like my daughter came and she's like, ah, and uh, he's like, uh, 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 I'm like, oh my god, dude, really. <laughs> she's three she's not going to hurt you I don't want to get her germs children have germs Zach <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Jesus Christ really okay <laughs> technically yes technically yes they have germs especially if they've just been to daycare but she hadn't been to daycare in three days before you met her so Gerard is actually the uh, first person to ever meet my daughter um, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, no, of, of the group. Oh, okay. 
of like of like the the, the people on the network. He's you're the only well, one. I'm, ever, I'm the only one. <laughs> I think we're, he's also the only one who's ever actually been out to where you live. Everyone's been to New York except for you. Hold on a second, Zach. I'm currently rubbing my balls on your kitchen table. What you gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna kick you in the balls here in a minute. <laughs> you do realize this is staying in, and not because I'm Douglas in it. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, but anyway, back to Infinity War. Uh, I, I think it's a good film. Um, I think it's one of those things. Uh, Spider-Man being reliant on Tony is is annoying, but I did like the fact that we didn't get the AI in this one. The yeah, AI but... served its purpose in Homecoming, um, but I'm glad that we didn't get that, yeah. you know... By the way, Paul Bettany is married to Jennifer Connelly, lucky guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that makes it even better. <laughs> I, I mentioned to Zach, funny casting gag then, because you know, the husband and wife are the two AIs in this universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I loved the stuff with with Janet. Uh, well, Janet um, <laughs> with uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, uh, Wanda and Vision. I thought that was good. I, I, I the, my only my one annoyance is is that there was. I mean, it was so. It did not seem like two and a half hours. It's very much a briskly paced movie. I could have watched another hour. Yeah. I mean, you really could. It could have been three three and a half hours, and I don't think you would have... Uh, I would have gladly sat down and watched Avengers 4 right then and there. Um, so... Um, okay, okay. Here's, here's, here's one complaint that I have to make about the movie, and I know Zach's made this one, too. Uh, I didn't like how quickly they hand waved out uh, Rhodey's legs. That was annoying because I felt like he should have had more of a, rea- a reaction to uh, to the Falcon and to Vision, etc. Could have gotten some, could have gotten some good angst out of that, but you got nothing out of it because he's just walking around and it's not even an issue. Yeah. But, but honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty minor. I mean, I'm really reaching for, for a complaint if I'm using that one as one of my primaries. Yeah. But yeah, I it's like, a really, really good, really, really good movie. I give that movie a solid A. Oh, same here. I'll say this. It wasn't as good as Black Panther. No, but you know what? That's also a very high bar. Yes. Black Panther was terrific. I loved Black Panther. All right. Speaking of things that we may or may not like... We're going to go through some growing pains, aren't we? Yes, we are. I'm not making the joke again. <laughs> Good, because I don't want to hear that joke again. All right. Okay, let me get. Let me pull up my summary, which I should have had up to begin with, but I suck. <laughs> yes, you do. You, you suck really, really hard. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, my God. Oh. Am I going to have to start bringing up all my euphemisms again? Like, no! <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to discuss growing pains. A trio of masked thugs flee down an alley with some duffel bags and are, but are accosted by Spider-Man, a, a muscular Spider-Man in a black and white costume. When the police arrive, specifically when Stan Carter arrives, he approves of the costume because it's Stan Carter, so of course he's going to. The black Spider-Man attacks them as well before making off with the thieves' duffel bags. The following morning at ESU's laboratory, the Connors uh, 
J. Jonah Jameson, Peter, and Gwen watch as Colonel Jameson suddenly grows seven feet tall and inhumanly strong. I'll talk about this later. I know where it came from, but it took me out of the episode the first time, too. But <laughs> Anyway, Dr. Connors reveals Colonel Jameson was infected by alien spores that had been living on the symbiote, and the spores were altering its body to be better suited to high-mass, high-gravity environment. Jameson angrily demands that Dr. Connor cure his son, but Dr. Connor says the only thing that seems to affect the spores is electricity, giving Colonel Jameson a specialized suit to monitor his condition. Jameson protests that the Jupiter suit makes him look like makes his son look like a superhero. But Dr. Connors informs him the suit was designed to suppress the spores activity and and monitor the Colonel's vital signs, warning that the spores may affect his personality as well. At Midtown High, Flash confronts Shashan and asks why she didn't come to his party, and Shashan rebukes him, unimpressed by his immaturity and arrogance. Peter begins to suggest to, Cur to Jonah that Colonel Jameson embrace his new powers, but is interrupted by a phone call from the Bugle, detailing the black Spider-Man's attack on the police. Jubilant, Jameson declares that he Those racists! <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about Miles Morales here, we're talking about the other... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't crawl space, Zach. Oh God, damn! <laughs> yeah, oh, you walked right into that one, though. Come on. Jubilant, Jameson declares that he finally has all the evidence he needs to take Spider-Man down for good, and then suggests that his son be the one to bring the webhead to justice, dubbing him Colonel Jupiter. That evening, Spider-Man goes hunting for his dark doppelganger and notices an out-of-control armored car with a webbed-up windshield. Before Spidey can rescue the driver, he accuses him of being who accuses him of being the attacker. He is grabbed from behind by Venom, who taunts him. Spidey attempts to fight back, but Venom simply tosses him into a fuse box, knocking it to the fuel spilled by the crashed armored car. The resulting explosion sets an apartment on fire, and the smoke is seen by Colonel Jameson, who decides to play hero. Venom retreats as John arrives and introduces himself to Spidey as Colonel Jupiter. They work together to clear out the apartment, but when the armored car's driver singles Spidey out as the one who started the fire, Colonel Jupiter offers to help Spider-Man explain his innocence to the police. Spidey refuses to stick around and risk being forced to reveal his identity, rousing John's ire as Venom watches. At school, Gwen ag agrees to become Harry's girlfriend, in the most awkward scene ever, fed up with being <laughs> jealous of Peter and Liz. Flash corners Peter and demands that he help him win over Shashan, and Peter recommends joining the drama club, where auditions are being are taking place. As John watches a news broadcast on Venom's crime spree and uses on Spidey's innocence, he is attacked by Venom in the guise of Black Spidey, leaving him enraged as his spores begin to affect his personality. Meanwhile, Jonah demands that Captain Stacy issue a warrant for Spidey's arrest, or better yet, deputize his son to let him do the job. But Captain Stacy points out that the Black Spidey is much larger than the real Spidey and has a different fighting style. Jameson brushes aside the evidence, but Captain Stacy reminds him of what happened the last time the Beagle falsely accused Spidey of being a criminal. I, I love Captain Stacy on this show, I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson receives a phone call from John informing him of the attack and Jameson tells his son to wait until the police determine whether the real Spider-Man is responsible John under the influence of the sports refuses to listen and states that he intends to put a permanent end to Spidey he attacks Spidey who was out looking for Venom and their fight trashes a plan the planetarium Spidey, remembering what Dr. Connor said about the spores being weak electricity, lures Colonel Jupiter into a Van de Graaff generator and hits him with two million volts, purging his spores from his system. John, driven insane by the spores, is committed to Ravencroft, leaving Jonah heartbroken. Send John Devereaux posts a cast list for a Midsummer Night's Dream, with Harry, Mary, Jane, Glory, Kenny, and Shashan all getting parts. Actually, if you look at that list, you can see the names of people who worked on the show, like Jamie Thomason, Greg Wiseman, and friend of the show, Jen 
Jennifer L. Anderson. <laughs> yep, you always <laughs> do in those kind of things. Yeah, Peter's Peter's brooding over Venom is interrupted by Liz's announcement that she made the cast, while Flash is outraged that he wasn't given a role. At the Daily Bugle, Jameson furiously blames his son's condition on Spidey, and to Peter's horror, Venom abruptly leaps through the window and announces for everyone to hear that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And I think and Gerard went first last time, so Zach, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this one? I like this one. Um, it, it's a it's a very good uh, episode in the sense that it takes an ad, it, it takes an adaptation of um, a rather infamous issue. It was one of Mary Jane's, I think, first first or second full appearances. Yeah, it's also the first Spider-Man comic Greg Wiseman ever read. <laughs> So, um, so, but like Colonel Jupiter's like, oh my, like he's, he's a Z list. I mean, come on. John Jameson's an important character, but as Colonel Jupiter, who cares? Uh, but I enjoyed the adaptation in this episode. It's, it's something that's sometimes when you, when you adapt, um, when you've got a character that's had so many adaptations like Spider-Man, um, it's nice to see some things that you wouldn't, uh, necessarily, um, Expect oh, to see. I'm ex- I'm waiting to see Belladonna in, an, in a cartoon one day. <laughs> oh God. Um, probably that would have probably been season three. No, it probably would have, considering who appears in the two episodes from now. <laughs> True story. Uh, I I think it's a I think it's a really cool. Um, it, it's really well done in the sense that uh, I, I like. How there is, uh, I like the little touches about they're at the planetarium because you know he's an alien. Uh, but uh, like I say, it's a really good, um, it's a really good, it's a good episode. I think it's, I think it's, um, it, it's one of those. I, I actually think I like this one, liked this one a little bit better than the previous episode. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I think it was, but I think that's partially because I feel like the stakes are a little higher with, um, with Venom. Um, I, I, I really, uh, the shake, I, I know you like the Shakespeare parts and I know there's going to be probably some, some pushback from, from Delatour here in a minute, but I, I didn't think that that was a bad thing. It, it kind of balanced the slice. The one thing that this show has done well is that it's balanced the high school years with Spider-Man instead of, that's what I think has been the profound mistake of the last two adaptations of Spider-Man is that they try to, they try to make Spider-Man, the centralized character with them being surrounded by science um, needlessly. And I think that you didn't see that here with this, with this show. And I think that's why I, I think it's partially why I feel like it embodies the spirit of Spider-Man so much better. So I, I again, I, I think the, uh, I think the episode was good. I liked how Shashan is, is something better than, you know, more sandwiches flash my wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went there. We need to get Josh Bertoni back in here someday. Uh, but like you know, I mean, her portrayal in this particular episode is is light years better than any portrayal that she's ever had before, uh, up until when she became uh, Flash's physical therapist. Um, ironically enough, also written by Greg Weisman. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you just look it up on Google. But Shashan was well done in this episode, and I uh, I enjoyed it overall. I liked how Flash is just still a doofus. 
Um, and he's, but he's a still, he, he's a doofus, but he's a doofus that you still kind of like, cause he's got a little bit of that heart of gold thing in him. Oh yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'll, uh, defer further to, to Delator. Why did you take that crack on me about uh, the Shakespeare stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought you weren't going to like it. Yeah, that's a strange assumption. So anyway, I'll go down my notes now. I really hated that Shakespeare stuff in the episode. <laughs> 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 um, okay. I'm going to write down exactly what I wrote here on my notes for that. School play rehearsals. Why do writers love this shit so much? Because basically, it's like the ultimate, like, Los Angeles writer thing. They're obsessed with, like, inserting, like, self-referential. Like, the, that's why writers, in like, as characters in movies and stuff are always, like, oh, God. I, I, I just hate when I see things like that because it's self-indulgent in the worst kind of way. And similar to how, you know, I mentioned the, the uh, in the last episode where we had the, um, oh, God, what was it? Uh, the flat- cutting with the camera? Yes, the intercutting with the camera stuff. In here, it, it played off... It, you got almost nothing out of it. Like, I get it. Hey, hey, look, it's mirroring what's happening in the episode. Yuck, yuck. But it's like, no. I, it's not that. It's not as interesting as you think it was and you were writing it, I bet. Um, I know that's kind of harsh to say, but that's how I always feel about uh, elements like that when they show up in, in fiction. Um, in general, I, I just... I don't know. I wanted to like this episode, but I really just didn't. Um, I think part of the problem you is... You negative, Nancy! <laughs> I'm not always negative. Listen to Mania Mondays if you want to hear me gush about things. Listen to the <laughs> last show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's another thing. I gave a positive review to that last episode. Um, the, the problem with this is two things. Number one, of course, Venom. I hate Venom. We mention this every time. I, I'm so sick of seeing Venom in things. One more. One more. <laughs> and it's going to get even worse because now there's a movie coming out. A movie uh... which... A movie which looks like trash, but we'll get to that. Um, or we won't get to that, hopefully. Uh, but then you add the Colonel Jupiter stuff in there, and it goes from bad to worse. <laughs> because I get we're not supposed to take it seriously. because it's he's, They call him Colonel Jupiter, for God's sakes. Like, obviously the intention is not for us to take any of this seriously. But you throw that into an episode with Venom in it, and it's just too jarring. Way too jarring. Plus, the the introduction of the character itself is like, I don't know. I don't know if calling it a voodoo shark is is a good thing, but like, they have to twist around the logic and like pull a few things out of their rear ends in order to just make it work. That is that it's kind of come on, come on. You could have done. You could have had a better. If you wanted to contrast Venom with something else, you could have come up with something better than Colonel Jupiter. I get that, Greg. Again, I I, I don't want to keep harping on self indulgence with writers. I feel like since Greg mentioned that this was Greg Weissman's first Spider-Man comic, that there probably is a self indulgent angle to this. Maybe he just wanted to get Colonel Jupiter into an episode because he, you know, to to play off his younger self, I guess. Or it gives his younger that's self not something. Like, that's not like how I, I I tried to insert as much clone references as I possibly could when I wrote stuff. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't blame the man, but at some point somebody should have said no. <laughs> yeah. I although I did like a few things. There there are a lot of fun moments in this episode. I'll say that. Like um, when Spider Man, where, where Peter's like, well, you know, because uh, he's trying to teach John James, and that with great power comes and he just gets interrupted or. Um, 
But I think my personal favorite that I laughed my hardest at was the uh, the parrot that kept saying "get lost." Get lost. That, that parrot was Steve Blum, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Get lost. I don't know why that why that was there or why it was so funny. It just was. Um, or or a, tra- a Flash trying to get Shashan to like him and just failing miserably. I like a lot. We've mentioned before. We've mentioned before. Flash is the secret unsung hero of this show in a lot of ways. And in this episode is a perfect demonstration of that. Um, of course, Colonel Jupiter had to go to the planetarium and throw a model of Jupiter because, of course, if you're going to call him that, you may as well. It's obligatory. <laughs> but the, the two things that I wrote down here that have the stars next to them is two things I really want to harp on. Uh, number one, the, the the solution to the Colonel Jupiter plot, I was flabbergasted when I saw it, and Zach will tell you this, because basically Spider-Man's entire thing was, man, I'm getting my ass kicked. I know. I'll shock this guy with a catastrophic amount of electricity that could possibly kill him. And he just has become so nonchalant about this that, that like, it, it seems completely out of character for one, but also Spider-Man doesn't seem to even consider the fact that he could kill the man with this. It doesn't seem to cross his mind. Like, and I don't know if it's something that the writers has never thought of or they just didn't think it was a big deal, but either way, like, slow your roll, guys. <laughs> like, and the way he does it, too, it's like, well, I, I think I made, I think I joked when I was watching it. I said, well, there you go. Spider-Man just killed him, man. <laughs> like, like, what the hell? And then, of course, the, uh, the cliffhanger at the end, mainly because I just know how disingenuous it is. And, and I'm kind of, again, that just guarantees there's another episode with Venom to follow this, and it's, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like that. So, yeah, um, it's not a total loss of an episode. It's not the worst episode of the show, but I really, I, I dislike this one. Okay, well, I really liked the episode myself, and, the, and for me, the MVP of the episode is J, is J. Jonah Jameson himself. I mean, I think by the time the episode is over, we've reached a point where we can believe that this guy would pay to have the Scorpion created or fund the Spider Slayers. Yeah. He definitely has, This is he now has personal stakes in all this. I mean, Darren North is one of the uh, secret unsung heroes of the show, just like Flash Thompson is as a character. I, I love that scene where they're in the car, the taxi at the beginning, and, and Colonel Jupiter's weighing the taxi down, and it's just sparking on the road. <laughs> and, and there's that scene also with Jameson and, um, and Captain Stacy. Those two play off each other really well. There's this new superhero, you may have heard of him, Colonel Jupiter, you mean your son? Not the point, the year he single-handedly saved a billion people from a fire covering 90 city blocks. That is so <laughs> Jonah, that is so Jonah. The cops aren't 110% sure that the real Spidey was behind this. Oh my god. Well, let's Jonah for you. Let's Jonah end. And um, as a counterpoint to the Shakespeare stuff, I'll freely admit I was a drama geek. I was an English, I was an English major. I fucking love that stuff. Of course you do. Uh, Again, it's self-indulgent stuff for writers only. (laughs) We're allowed. I know. I'm just saying you're not you're not saying that you're not countering my point in any way. You're just sort of agreeing with it by accident. Fair enough. I mean, I, I mean, I just like these uh, Greek. I mean, I, I like this a Greek chorus. I mean, I, again, it's a self-indulgent thing. I will, you're, you're right about that. I will, I will admit that. But I just happen to really enjoy it. I mean, I, I had a list earlier that I'd written when I watched this last week of which monologue came from which play, but I lost that list. Much, and I'm sure Gerard is delighted. 
Yes, actually. <laughs> Although I'm sure if you were if you really wanted to take the time, you could easily just do, compile that for the edit. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I don't feel like doing that. So, yay! <laughs> yeah, Gerard wins again. So, <laughs> and um, also I could listen to Vanessa Marshall recite Shakespeare all, or anything all day. <laughs> <laughs> and and but that being said. Flash speaks for the Gerards of the world when he does his audition. This is supposed to be English. <laughs> I admit that when you said what you said, I kind of my mind went there. I'm, I'm sure you appreciated that. And uh, and it, it and Sally's audition fucking amuses me. Oh, what she does the cheer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But but here's the thing about Shakespeare and to get off on a. On something else, is that I find that the people who don't like it are introduced to it by very boring teachers who do not know how to present it. But the thing about Shakespeare, Shakespeare's not the uh, the what the Francois Truffaut of his time. He was a Spielberg of his time. He wrote the the crowd pleasers. He wrote the blockbusters. If he was alive today, he'd be making movies like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. I see where you're going here, Greg. It's not going to work. I don't know. I'm not trying to go anywhere. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying my piece here. That's it. I'm not trying to change any minds. I'm just explaining how I feel about the situation here. But, okay. I mean, I've, I mean, I've never changed your mind before. You've never really changed my mind before, and that's fine. The world is a rich <laughs> tapestry. <laughs> the world is a very rich tapestry, but um. But I do like the episode. I do like the tonal shift when it starts out fairly lighthearted with the Colonel Trooper situation, and then it goes dark. The thing that jarred me was how suddenly he was introduced. And I get it. It happened when he touched the uh, the symbiote on the shuttle when he thought it was just an oil stain. I get that. I just felt like if they were going to do this, they should have done it much sooner. Sooner, because at this point, the last time we saw, well, the last time we saw Jameson was in group therapy, and then he touched this. Thing in episode nine this is almost uh an entire season ago i mean you have to strain yourself even for a continuity nut like me to remember that right that's true that's true there is because how many appear has he made appearances between there no okay but it but it was a long time in terms of like well even longer real world but long time yeah. in terms of the, the narrative the story because we're talking yeah. months right yeah and i yeah and i let's see how many episodes were since then four there were nine episodes between this and when he touched... No, more than nine episodes. You know, nine episodes between this and when he touched that stain. So I appreciate a show that trusts its audience like that. And But at the same time, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that this is why previously on recaps used to exist. Well, it's not just that. It's the idea that he's been around in the universe for that long, and it's only now that he starts to manifest symptoms is where you start to stretch the credibility. Yeah, he touched it on Halloween. That episode took place on Halloween. And then this would have been... This is like January. Early, yeah, early January. So it's been... Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a stretch. It is a stretch. I, I do agree, and that does lower... And when I think about it that way, it does lower the episode for me. I mean, overall, I like a lot of what they were doing, but but they should have done this sooner, and I get why they didn't. They had different stories to tell, but I do agree this episode was, as Greg Wiseman once titled one of his stories he wrote in a small comic, An Exercise in Self-Indulgence. 
<laughs> See, I think Colonel Jupiter could have worked in an episode uh, that didn't have Venom in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If this was a different, like, if you use that as the B plot of a different episode, I think it could have worked. I just don't think that the elements fit together properly. But for, but really, for me, the the whole thing is is that. I think the best scene in the show is the scene in Ravencroft. I mean, it really got the mood well there, and we get our last appearance of Electro in the show, and mm. and we see how and we see how, despite having a good heart, how bad Connors is at what he does. Yeah. I mean, and I like Doctor Connors, I really do. But this is the guy who turned himself into the lizard. I don't expect him to be great at what he does. No. And we're going to see more consequences to that next episode, but... Alright, so what are we... Letter grades. And, yeah, and Zach's favorite character, Miles Warren, has a couple of small roles in this. Couple yeah, yeah, and I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I forgot to mention that. I mentioned, I alluded to that last episode, but Miles Warren was, was a magnificent bastard in this episode. Um, and uh, he is just a magnificent bastard uh, in general on this series, and I have enjoyed him in his small roles. So, um, he's just great. So, uh, letter grades. Gerard, I'll let you go first. Well, it's not your, it's not your uh, role to let me go first. Greg is the host of the show, after all. We're all the hosts. You're all my co-hosts. This is, uh, you're not the panel, you're my co-hosts. Aww. <laughs> oh, I actually really I like that. Uh, I think okay. I've said that before. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, I guess I will go first then. Because uh, I'm sure these other two are going to give it much better than that. I'll say, like, it was like a C-. It's just below average. I think I made it sound like I was going like, to give it an effort. So it's not that bad or anything like that. It's just it's a below average episode. I think it's because also when it comes to reviews, it's always easier to accentuate the negative. Yeah. In anything. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's easier to say, and I'm not saying this, because I do this all the time too, it's easier to say how you don't like something than it is to say how you do like something. Right, right. Right. But um, if I were to give this a great i mean especially after thinking of, about it more with the, how jarring the opening was i mean i'm granted it goes from it, it gets better from there for me but um um i'm gonna give it a c plus wow okay I, I thought you were gonna give it much higher than that i'm actually surprised i think yeah i i can see where you're coming from though it, it, it was it was the basic foundation i like the house that was built on the foundation but the foundation needed work yeah Zach, I'm going to give this a uh, a B minus. B minus. I, mm-hmm. It was one of those things where I I I liked the episode probably. It sounds like a lot better than you guys did. I know I still like the episode a lot, but I I just think it's a it, it's one of those episodes that I I I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't like knock my socks off. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot, I mean, there's other things I can point out. I mean, like I said, Darren Norris is the star of this episode, and even though I don't like Venom, I do like the sound effect. I mean, there's a rattlesnake with his uh, sound effect in, in him at one point, which added to the creep factor on him, but... And, hey, next week, next time is our last Venom episode, so... I, again, with apologies to Ben Diskin, because we fucking love you, Ben, but... <laughs> True story. You did a great job on the show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so uh, until next time, we'll... Make wine ma- Oh, no, I did that joke in the last episode. Nope. Yeah, you did. Do a different, do a different joke, Jarrett. <laughs> Come on, I don't improv so good. My brain don't work. 
need we do need to call with a catchphrase of the show. Keep our radio spectacular. That's the kind of shit. No, no, that's kind of shit. But hey, people can always write to us at spectacularradio.com and Zach. No, uh, you mean spectacularradio at gmail.com. Spectacularradio at gmail.com. I, I was up early this morning. I had to go to work. <laughs> And uh, you can also leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. It's 818-9-CLONE-1. Be sure to keep it within three minutes. And also be sure to mention which show you're calling about, since it is uh, it does cover the entirety of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. And we'll be back next time. We're going to be with an interview with Greg Wiseman once again. And I've already spoken with Vic Cook, and he's going to be joining us once again. All right. He's always a good listener for these shows. Yeah, and then join us next time for a big climactic showdown with Venom that is the end of Venom on this show. Thank God. Again, with apologies to Ben Diskin. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no offense to him. I just hate Venom. Quit you bitching. Well, you know what? I'll say this for Ben Diskin's Venom. At least I know what where he's supposed to be from, unlike the that trailer we saw where he has like three different <laughs> ads. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, I know we... my apartment. <laughs> hey, hey, remember Ben did kiss Hank Azaria's ring when he was on here. True <laughs> <Your> story. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank thank you for listening, and we'll be back. Hopefully soon. Hopefully. So until next time, Greg. Make our day spectacular. We'll come up with something better than that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. that wounded earth hurt me more than had he killed me dead. (laughs) The fall of an empire (laughs) is nothing compared to the descent of a man. I am revenge, sent from the infernal kingdom. A sweet revenge! (laughs) Now do I come to thee! Go to the Goths and raise an army there. And in the Empress' court there is a queen. For those who think revenge is sweet, I shall grind your bones to dust. Taste this. (laughs) From Tony Award winning director Julie Taymor comes a feast of power, lust madness and the ultimate sacrifice of love academy award winner anthony hopkins academy award winner jessica lang tony award winner alan cumming laura frazier harry lennox jonathan reese myers 
Titus. Welcome, my gracious lord. And welcome all. <laughs> Colonel Jupiter is not confused. We're going to do uh, next up. We're going to do the voicemails. Um, so I am. Uh, we got five voicemails. I kind of put out a call to some friends because knowing this was going to be our 20th anniversary and I wanted to uh, play the voicemails. And um, the first, I'm going to do them in order of which of which they were received. And so uh, our first voicemail is going to be. From George Berryman. Boo! Boo! Alright, here's his voicemail. No, get him off of our show. We're not allowed to be mentioned on his. Get him off. No, not happening. Nope. I'll talk through the whole thing. I'll I'll prevent it from ever being heard. (laughs) Come on. Let's be nice. Spidey dude. Boo! Go to hell! It's 21 goddamn seconds. You can fucking shut the fuck up. All right, hold on. I'll take a sip of my drink here. Spidey dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that on the mic? You you your goddamn shit. Fuck. It's so easy. It's it's so easy. Okay. Don't mind, okay. Don't mind me. I'm just sitting here enabling. Spidey dude, congrats on 20 years. Oh shit! Fucking phone. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm muting we for real. Fucking move it on until I play it. I know. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm mute for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> 